0: live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radios Open for Business.
1: Now here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a fun one. I have with me today Nadine Rubin, and she is with Adam Bryce. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Adam Bryce. How are you serving folks?
0: Okay, so Adam Bryce is an executive search firm, and we've been in business for many, many years. Basically, what we do is we help organizations hire key executives in emerging technology, strategy, and innovation, and we focus on diversity in the workforce, predominantly female diversity.
1: And then um, is your work changed because of the coronavirus? has has things changed for you?
0: Oh my goodness yes it has and it started changing many months back
1: and uh, what what was, like the, what was the first change uh, you're we're all in suspense
0: <laughs> yeah so basically when you think about what we do, we get executives from one company to consider going over to a different company and doing a job. So the process is very heavily laden with face-to-face interviews and a lot of travel. So many months back when signs of COVID came upon us, and we work globally, by the way, uh, clients started putting travel bans in place, particularly for non-essential work. So, interviewing was considered that. So, a lot of the interviewing practices that we used previously, which were face to face and multiple interviews and panel type interviews, got changed to telephone interviews and video interviews. Uh, The travel was cut out. So, we had to scurry in the beginning to make a lot of different plans and cancel a lot of things and change a lot of things up. And as you can imagine, the human element is a bit more difficult to evaluate and to get your hands around if you're not in a face-to-face situation. So we had to work with our clients and our candidates on how to project themselves and their needs, their personality, their wants verbally without actually being in the room.
1: So those were kind of new skills um, or you were kind of, when when you've been spending a lot of your career helping people perform in person, face-to-face, and now this slight change is, okay, now you have to create that same amount of uh, charisma and confidence uh, virtually. So, are there some tips or tactics that you can share to help someone absolutely. kind of present themselves more effectively now, virtually?
0: Absolutely. I, I think that by being virtual... You need to project a lot with your voice, and you can't rely as much on eye contact and body language, even though you may be using video. The camera catches you at an angle. So if you don't have it perfectly positioned, you're really not looking in somebody's eyes. So you need to be more cognizant of facial expressions and aware when somebody wants to interject or make another comment and take a pause between sentences and give somebody else an opportunity to speak. Um, It is different. It's very different. You have to have more content. You can't fluff it. You can't woo somebody over just with your personality. You have to have the good because otherwise you're not going to hold somebody's attention. Pretty hard to hold somebody's attention for an hour. That's another thing we adjusted a bit too.
1: Is, uh, you adjusted, um, the, you give them some strategies so that they can, can create kind of a compelling conversation.
0: Yeah, we have them do a lot of homework. So an executive should do this regardless, but the way that they present the information that changes when you are interviewing, you need to be selling yourself and most people Rely, as I mentioned previously, on personal interaction to sell. When you're selling remotely, virtually, video, phone, you have to do it in smaller snippets to hold somebody's attention, be more content laden, and your cadence of speech needs to change.
1: Now, um, has there been any silver linings? Do you see any of the things you're doing now? Or are they going to be able to transfer after this pandemic has uh, kind of played out?
0: Yeah, I do. I think that not only in the interviewing process, um, and quite honestly, I, I took this assignment, uh, looked past the interviewing and onto the onboarding and the actual working environment. I think as workers today, we will start to be more concise in our conversations, more content-laden. I think our cost of interviewing will go down dramatically because we're learning that you can gather a lot of information in other ways besides getting on a plane and being in person. And I think that transcends the interviewing process. I think it goes and spans the entire life cycle of employment to the onboarding. To actually the work environment, a lot of the people that we get jobs for are on the product or services side of the business. Heavy travel jobs, heavy customer interface jobs, engagement, relationship management jobs, and people are learning how to do that without living on a plane and traveling 80, 90% of the time. I also think people are learning how to work remotely and how to engage a team and keep a team feeling that they're not isolated and alone during this time. We'll be able to use those skills to allow people not to go into the office so much. It will save on office rents. It will save on commute time. It will improve efficiency, and it will decrease costs.
1: So you're you're finding that clients are becoming more comfortable uh, with remote workers, as opposed to maybe previously uh, they used to do every you know have everybody come in. They're getting more and more comfortable with working virtually, and like you said, that opens up a lot of disruption later on. Um, if they do decide, oh, I need less office space, or we need less travel budget because we can do we can get you know the job done uh, virtually.
0: Yeah, and it's also changing the way people sell, and that's important as well. What we're seeing is the selling tools and methodologies are turning more towards using technology and innovation as an assistant, as an enabler, and for the people that we mostly focused on, that's great because it's putting more demand on their skills and People are looking to understand, how do I sell through a mobile channel or a digital channel as opposed to going face-to-face? How do I service my clients without being on site? I was speaking to a client just uh, maybe an hour ago. They put devices on site to monitor their customers' responses, and they had a major outage. In a data center, that was remote, and they had to repair it remotely, and it it tested the skills, but they did a fabulous job. And their technicians that spent 100% of the time on the road installing these devices are now parking within a safe distance of the customer, uh, logging into the wireless, and remotely managing the devices through the wireless, without going on-prem and utilizing the customer skills to do some of the work on site for them. So we're changing the way we do business. And I don't think it's such a bad thing. And don't get me wrong, COVID is an awful thing. This pandemic is something I never thought that I've experienced in my lifetime. But I think there's always a silver lining and good things come out of every situation. And this is forcing us to use other skills.
1: Now, let's talk about uh, the people that you are looking like the, what do you call them, the candidates. Like, how does a uh-huh. candidate stand out so that they can be found by someone like you? What are some of the things they can be proactively doing to bubble up to the top when you are searching for uh, an executive?
0: It's Again, social media uh, and evangelizing. People need to publish. People need to do speaking engagements. People need to get their opinion out there and make sure they're visible. They can't hide behind their desk. If they want to be recognized, they have to put thought leadership out there so that people they catch people's attention. And they can't do it just by sitting behind their desk and doing their job.
1: So, the days yes, of being that's not going to work. The days of being a good kind of soldier just in the background doing everything you're told that's not going to work if you want to really kind of future proof your career.
0: No, and especially if you're working remotely because nobody's going to know. Unless you affect change outside of your individual role that impacts other areas of the business or other people, people won't know people only know when something is broken or you promote it and you tell them what you did well you know, that old adage that what bubbles to the top so if you just do your job and everything is status quo people take it for granted you need to differentiate and you don't want to differentiate by having a problem that always comes to comes to the top executive's attention. You want to differentiate by doing something well or doing something good or being innovative and you might have to do some self-promotion.
1: Now, what are some things the person who says I don't like, I don't feel comfortable tooting my own horn. It sounds like I'm bragging. How how do you help them get over that kind of uh, limiting belief?
0: Well, you have to start thinking a little bit differently. It's not bragging, it's sharing so that other people can take the benefit of the work that you've done. So if you have built this terrific collaborative tool or installed this terrific collaborative methodology so that customers can engage more effectively with your sales team, you aren't going to say, oh, look at what I've done to make you gain more Revenue, but you can say, This is an opportunity for you to engage with your customers in a different way. Let me share with you how you can use it. And the fact that you're introducing it, you're not bragging on yourself, you're sharing with them, you're helping them, you're helping them to learn new things. Even if it's one on one, you're moving the needle forward, you're making yourself known. So By no means am I suggesting that people should go out and pound their chest and talk about how great they are. I think they need to talk about what they're doing and think about the impact it has on others and share that information so others can take advantage of it, and then they'll remember them.
1: Now, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about maybe uh, negotiation, salary negotiation. I read a study. I don't remember the details, but it was that women don't negotiate or push back when it comes to salary as much as men do. Do you have any uh, insight or tips you can share for the woman executive?
0: Oh, my God. I suffer the same problem. Um, So I don't know what it is, but... This may be popular or unpopular with our audience. Women and men are not the same. That's why diversity is so important. We have different DNA. And there's things that we can do the same. There's things we can do better. There's things that we don't do better. And that tends to be an individual thing. But there is something to say about genetics, right? And women don't promote themselves as effectively as men do. And I've seen this throughout my career. And one of the things, and it's not to every person, it's negotiating for themselves. They're great at negotiating for others. They're great at negotiating contracts. They're detail-oriented. But when it comes to themselves, I don't think, for most women, that's the thing they think about first. I know for me, when I'm put into a situation that I need to negotiate, I'm always taken aback when somebody wants to Pay me less, and they say, Well, oh, if I had to pay you that much money, I could hire Corn Ferry or Hydra. And I say, Well, then go ahead. Whereas years ago, I used to say, Oh, really? Am I going to lose the deal? People, women just have to realize that they're worth it and recognize that they should be paid for the job that they do. And if they don't ask, they won't get. I think women tend to assume they'll be fair, they'll pay me what the job is worth. And in most instances, that is the case. But again, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. So you have to realize what you bring to the party, how relevant it is to what that individual needs to have done, and what the market is paying for those skills, regardless of what you're earning today and ask for it.
1: Great advice. Now, where, where are you going to look for inspiration during this time? Are you, do you have some go-to resources that help you kind of, uh, battle every day?
0: I actually really do. Um, I look at other senior executives. I look at, for example, David Kenny at Nielsen, who I think is a wonderful leader. He's the CEO. I look at, um, many other leaders of big corporations to see how they're managing, how they're doing their business. I look at Johnson Controls. I look at Pertivity. These are all clients of mine of Viacom. And I ask them, how are you managing during this? Are you going to be furloughing people? Or what are you doing to assure people their jobs? How are you looking at the future? Are you concerned about losing people? Are you not going to be hiring? And I listen to them. And to a, to a person I'm hearing from the, the leaders, we're going to keep our staff in place. We're doing other things that will allow us to save money to offset the cost of the employees during this downtime. For example, their go-to-market strategies are changing the cost of going to market for a lot of these organizations was extremely expensive because they would have multiple people selling to the same client and going there and whining and dining them. That's changing. And believe it or not, that's a blessing in disguise because that cost is paying somebody's salary. So, you know, I've gotten some suggestions from other clients. I've asked them what they've done to keep their people from feeling isolated during these times, and they've increased the amount of videos. They've also started having virtual happy hours and virtual lunches and, you know, virtual uh, open forums. So people are being creative. They're also meeting in smaller groups, and they're spending more time thinking about, what they need to communicate. I had an example given to me today that you're in a big meeting and you have a little question. You grab that person for a few seconds after that meeting and you get your question answered. Well, you can't do that at the virtual meeting, can you? So instead of shooting from the hip so much, people are thinking through their questions and qualifying whether they really need to be discussed or not before they take somebody's time. And then they're reaching out. They're using tools like Skype and team and WebEx and zoom to get to people. They're chatting on text using FaceTime, but they're being more judicious about using other people's time and where they spend their time. And I think people are getting more efficient.
1: Yeah. Humans are very resilient and we adapt pretty quickly to whatever's in front of us. So it's exciting time. Um, and, uh, uh, there's change happening and people are doing the best they can. And I'm optimistic that we'll get through this. I'm sure you are as well. Um, any, uh, is there a website that someone could reach out to you and have more substantive conversation about your work or, um, talk um about-
0: we do have a website, but I do want to make one on the that I think is very, very important. One of the things that I'm seeing is happening during all this is people are becoming more human. They're relating to people on multiple levels rather than just the business level. They're in their homes, their children are around, their dogs are around, their spouses around, they're gardening, they're, they're walking their dogs when they talk. People are becoming people. They're humanizing their roles. And I think that, is going to help a lot in building relationships and getting work done in a collaborative way. So as far as reaching us, we do have a website, and it's adambryce.com. If you'd like to reach out to either myself or one of my colleagues, our first name, which is Nadine, or go on the website, and you can call Nick or June or Patrick. Uh, It's nadine at adambryce.com. I return all my emails. I do not link to anybody I don't know. So if you ask me to link, expect me to say, okay, but let's have a conversation first. And I welcome you to reach out to me.
1: Now, before we wrap, uh, Nadine, can you talk about the GWBC? How has, has that organization helped you?
0: Well, it's helped me to see what other senior women are doing and how they're getting out there. I am a subject of my own criticism. I tend to focus very heavily on my world and don't reach outside of it enough. And I'm finding that this type of organization is making me look outside of my world into other people's world and making me more aware of business and how business is done.
1: Good stuff. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for sharing your story today.
0: You're welcome. And thank you for having me.
1: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.